How would you like to touch and examine the actual pages that Ian Fleming typed when writing his James Bond novels? and see where he made handwritten changes that altered the direction of some of the stories. Well, we did, and here's our story. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzotto. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com, the worldwide community of spy movie fans, spy movie podcasts, videos, discussions, and more. Come join us as we're cracking the code of spy movies. We like traveling, hunting down spy movie filming locations and other significant places that played a part in spy movies. Like when Tom and I were in London not too long ago, we stood on the steps and at the door of Les Ambassadeurs in London. Of course, we know that's the casino that Bond is playing Baccarat in at the beginning of Dr. No, where we first meet Bond on film and with his now famous Bond, James Bond, introduction to Sylvia Trench and all of us. It's also where Ian Fleming met with some of the Ian production folks early on to solidify a deal to turn the books into films. The first code we're going to crack here is where did Bond come from? Well, how about visiting a place that owns 11 of Ian Fleming's James Bond manuscripts, typewritten pages that he typed at Goldeneye in Jamaica, with Ian Fleming's handwritten notes, deletions, and additions, and edits in blue pen. Well, Indiana University in the state of Indiana in the United States has a special library called the Lilly Library, and they have the manuscripts. Now, Dan, since the Lilly Library has 11 manuscripts that we reviewed, we can't possibly cover all of them in this podcast. It would be tough to do them all in one. Therefore, we're going to split this up into two parts. This is the first part, and we'll introduce you to what's at the Lilly Library. We'll talk about the changes we found in the manuscripts. We'll start with the first book, Casino Royale. And we'll end part one with From Russia With Love. We'll start part two with Dr. No and go through the rest of the novels. That's a good idea. Let's do it. The maddening thing for me on this is Indiana University is where I got my undergraduate degree. I knew that library existed and that it was a rare book library. I knew that it had the part of the Gutenberg Bible in there. That's pretty cool. Right? It is. It is. And they, they, actually, they even have the letter with George Washington accepting the first presidency of the United States. Holy jeez. I just knew it as a rare book library and never went there in my four years of study at IU. Now I find out it had 11 James Bond manuscripts typed and handwritten by Ian Fleming. What better reason to go visit my alma mater, read the manuscripts, and get a chance to see if Mother Bear's Pizza is still as good as I remember. <laughs> hey. And it is. Yeah, I, I, that's the first time I had it. It was great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome. So, hey, it was only a four-hour ride for us, so we drove down from Chicago and spent a day and a half poring over all the 11 manuscripts. We photographed every page of Casino Royale, the first novel. So they let us photograph everything. Now we, we're trying to get permission to use some of the photographs in, in a couple of videos we want to do on this. So we're, we're in the process of doing that. But wow, we're able to turn the pages of each manuscript with ungloved hands. It was touching, so cool. Touching the very pages that Fleming typed in his typewriter in Jamaica examining every edit he made in pen in all 11 manuscripts to, to me that was actually cooler than just having the manuscripts there it was here he is in, in his own handwriting yeah. changing things and you're you're trying to see inside this guy's mind as he's writing and why did i make this change and why did i change this word to that word that was the cool thing about it is that now you're you're thinking wow he, he's changing this and now we had all the electronic copies of the books with us on our ipads and stuff and so now we're seeing where he scratched something out in this manuscript 
and we're looking at the final book that's out, and this is where it happened. He made the change here. It's in the book. Like, yeah. Now there, there and the, <laughs> the other thing cool. with it, there are there are multiple versions of some some of the manuscripts out there. Yes. So he may not have made a change in the one we looked at that ends up in the book. So the book still is slightly different in some cases. We'll talk about Casino Royale too. There's there's a couple of versions of his manuscripts here, but this was one of the biggies. And so we were able to look at this. So this was like a thrill beyond belief. So we're driving. We drive down. Uh, you know, if you're a spy movie fan, especially a Bond fan, if you can get to this place, go get to this place because it's very, very cool. So we're we're driving now. We finally get there. We're parked in the student union parking lot nearby, and we're walking to the door of the library. Our hearts are racing. Like, man, we're like feet away now from this. It's Those just, books are in there, and we're <laughs> almost there. Yeah. We walk in. We sign in. And we went into this special room where they brought the manuscripts out from the vault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, now, now they call that the reading room. And it's actually being renovated now. So until 2000, I think it's going to be 2022. 21 or 2, I think. Yeah, a couple it's of years a two, at least. It's about a couple of years. We're do, recording this at the end of 2019. So and so I think I think it's a two-year project. So it's probably right at the beginning of 2022. When you want to go down there, you do need to make a reservation for what they call the reading room because you they actually bring this in. You go into a locked room, yeah, and you have to you get buzzed in to get into that room. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that, yeah, right? Yeah. And if you leave that room, you got to come get buzzed back in uh, when you do that. Oh, so yeah. you can you can go online to libraries.indiana.edu slash lily dash library and lily is l i l l y. And you can request what you want to read. So if you want to get all eleven manuscripts, they thought we were nuts. Yeah, uh, pulling all eleven <laughs> up. Uh, but like, if you know, if you've got a favorite book or two, you want to go and just see what it looked like. You tell them what you want, and you get get there, and they've got it ready for you. Yeah, and they brought two out at a time for us: one for Tom, one for me. And they set them down on these foam pads, and we were allowed to turn the pages without gloved hands or anything yeah that shocked me actually yeah it shocked me too and but we could not pick the books up they did not want us picking up the books because you know they're fragile and whatever and so whenever we were finished with the book they'd come and get the book and bring us out the next the next manuscript which was again just absolutely amazing seeing ian fleming's handwriting any one of these pages would be worth thousands and thousands of dollars well and one of the one of the challenges we had was you sit there and you look at it and it's like you go over it and you go over it and we only allocated a day and a half for this. And to get through all 11 manuscripts, we could have used more time. Oh, yeah. Uh -oh. I mean, we couldn't sit there and read every word, obviously. We're looking for the edits, and we're looking for the big the big things, the big parts of the manuscripts and so on. And so it was fun. Again, there are other additions to some of these uh, manuscripts because there's some things in one draft that may be not in another draft. But it's it's pretty cool. Now, the only novel they don't have is the last one, The Man with the Golden Gun. They don't have Thunderball either, but that was based on the screenplay, which was credited to Kevin McClory, Jack Whittingham, and Ian Fleming. Yeah. But that's a totally different story, what happened with that one. So we're not going to get into it in this podcast. Yeah. Maybe in a later one. So, I mean, quickly, they have Casino Royale. They got Live and Let Die. They got Moonraker. Diamonds Are Forever. From Russia with Love. Dr. No. Goldfinger. For Your Eyes Only, which is a short story collection. View to a Kill. A View to a Kill was based on this uh, short story collection. And also part of this uh, short story collection were 
Death Leaves an Echo. I, I love that title. I wish they'd come yeah, up with that, a movie. That's a great echo. I think, or, I mean, great title. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Quantum of Solace is, is there in Rusico. Dan, you just called that Rusico. Is it Rusico or is it Risico or, or what is it? Hey, Tom, I, I don't know. We, we did some research. It could be Risico. It could be Risico, Dutch, Italian, whatever. I'm going to talk about in a second that he, he drinks a Negroni in, in this short story, and that's all Italian ingredients other than gin. So we're going to go with Rusico. Like I said, in Rusico, he's drinking a Negroni. You know, I had to try. Hey, you, I read you got it, to. Like, oh, man, that's, that was really good. The Spy Who Loved Me on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and You Only Live Twice. They had all of these, and we looked at all of these. And those were the manuscripts. Now, one of the cool things down there is Ian Fleming had, was an avid book collector, so he actually donated a lot of his collection to the library, and they've got that. Yeah, so... We're going to get back now to the, the, the Bond manuscripts. The first one, of course, we have to look at is Casino Royale. <laughs> this this was something, holding Casino Royale and it, 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 the pages in our in our fingertips are right there, like touching the pages. It was just like, oh. This is, this is yeah. where this came from. Yeah, I mean, I collect autographs and stuff. I've got a lot of uh, different, especially in uh, literature. I've got Tennessee Williams, Charles Dickens, and stuff like that. So here yeah, I'm touching the pages of Ian Fleming's manuscripts that he typed well, and hand-wrote stuff on. And in this case with Casino Royale. Yeah. It's the first one. Yeah. I mean, this is this is where Bond starts. Yeah. This isn't in the movie Bond starting. This is in the first book, the manuscript for the first book. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Now, the first page of the book and the manuscript have some slight differences. So this isn't the last manuscript. So the one at the library here isn't the last one for this book. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the thing here, I have the... The manuscript page in my hand not the actual one the photograph i took of it and i printed it and so here this is the first sentence in a james bond novel the <laughs> first sentence of the first james bond <laughs> yeah. novel so in the manuscript it says the scent and smoke and sweat of a casino combined together and hit the taste buds with an acid shock at three in the morning then the soul erosion produced by high gambling, a compost of greed and fear and nervous tension, becomes suddenly unbearable, and the senses awake and revolt at the smell of it all. That's what's in this version of the original typed manuscript. In the book, he, it's changed. So in another manuscript, he scratched this out. Right. But in this one, it didn't. Here's the book, the published book. The scent and smoke and sweat of a casino are nauseating at three in the morning. Then the soul erosion produced by high gambling, a compost of greed and fear and nervous tension, becomes unbearable, and the senses awake and revolt from it. So, subtle changes, but changes. So now you, you know, we're looking at the manuscript and what he wrote, and then we're looking at what made it into the book right at the same time, because we got the, the electronic books next to us. And it's like, oh, this is cool. It's really cool. Although it's also a little frustrating. It's like, why did he make those changes? Yeah. Why did he change those words? Yeah. And you're thinking, and then all of the edits were looking at that. Like, yeah. what's he thinking here? And then some of the edits, as you'll see, are things now we're pretty familiar with that in the original manuscripts, you would say, who's that? Oh, there's, there's also some changes. Like, we'll talk a little bit later in Dr. No. There's some changes that oh, yeah. made his some of the initial things a little more politically uh, ac acceptable. Yeah, right. Socially acceptable. Yeah, so, we'll talk about that. Yeah. 
Right now, another thing as we go through these manuscripts is that Fleming liked to name people in his books with names similar to real-life people that he knew. Therefore, in the manuscripts, there's a lot of name changes. Things get crossed out and somebody's name changes. And you, it's really funny because you, you're reading a paragraph and he does a name change and then he has to go through the rest of the paragraph and hand change that name and yeah. all of them. This was before we had word processors. This yeah. was before computers. This was even before whiteout. Right, so he had to go back and hand change all of these, and I, I kind of thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, and really, you know, authors today, we're never going to see this kind of thing where you're going to look at the original type manuscripts and edits in, in pen, where he's scratching things out because you're going to use the word processor and change things. So this is kind of unique, where you're going to say, "Wow, we're looking at the actual type manuscripts with scratch outs and handwritten edits." All right, so and now in, in, in thinking of scratch outs and handwritten edits and name changes, there's a pretty big name change. In in Casino Royale, yeah, right? there's you know there's there's a name that you and I and all of our fans know as something else from what he first wrote. Yeah, so, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? We're at this one section in in the manuscript Casino Royale, and he types, "What do you think, Petty?" And then Petty is scratched out, and handwritten by Fleming is the word Penny. A couple of sentences later, Miss Pettiville is scratched out that was the abbreviation petty right miss pettiville is scratched out and handwritten in its place is miss money penny that was so oh. cool oh my god right this is where it happened everybody knows miss money penny everybody knows money penny this is where it happened he scratched it out here and put in miss money penny yeah now now the person he modeled Pettiville after was actually based on a lady named Kath Kathleen Pettigrew and she was actually the personal assistant to the real life MI6 director at the time. Yeah, and he did this he did this a lot in his in his novels. Really. He used names of people he knew and so on. Even Boothroyd when we later we'll we'll see in the in Doctor No and so on. That was a real person actually. So we'll we'll see he's done this. But here this this one he scratches out <laughs> Miss Money Penny. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that is really cool, just to see where that starts. Now, there's actually an, a, an older version of the manuscript where Fleming actually ha had Bond have a real name. Right. right. We're all wondering, you know, how come everybody in the world knows he's James Bond? You know, he goes to places, uh, and he checks in hotels on, you know, Bond, James Bond. Anyway, so there was an article written, um, I, I think, in 2013. Yes. And... Fleming, in, in that particular case, his niece, I believe, said he actually had a name for Bond, and it was his real name. His real name was going to be James Secretin. <laughs> right, and Bond was just a cover name. Bond was going to be his cover name. Now, all you people out there who like this codename thing with Bond, <laughs> right? Hey, this might be a little feather in your cap there for you, because... Originally, it was supposed to be. He was going to be James Secretan, and Bond was going to be his cover name. But they thought Fleming thought that's going to be too confusing with the readers if he's the Secretan to his people who really know him and his friends, and he's Bond in the spy world and so on. So he just called him Bond. But hey, that's pretty cool. Well, one thing I they don't say his name until chapter seven in the book. Yeah, right. You get to page fifty nine. Yeah. Before before you get the Bond, James Bond thing. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of other cool things in, in this manuscript. 
and all things we're all familiar with the vesper martini uh formula the ingredients are all listed out here and i've got a couple of pages of that printed in front of me here where he's telling the, the what he wants and it's pretty cool and then you've got the bentley you know in in casino rally he's driving a bentley and of course the 2006 movie he's driving a dbs v12 uh, aston martin but in the move in the book he had a bentley and he loved this bentley that was really his only passion was his car and so he's got this bentley but he, he describes the bentley in the book it's battleship gray it could do 90 miles an hour with another 30 miles an hour in reserve so he, he describes the bentley but you know we're all we're all familiar with the aston martin but hey here he's driving the bentley it's a bentley there yep yeah. absolutely now, it's also interesting some of the other changes he's, he's made in here. Like, So he's he's describing a member of Smirsh, and the name Maxim Gorky is changed to Trotsky. And he gives an assassination date of Trotsky of August 22, 1940. There really was a real-life Russian revolutionary named Leon Trotsky who was killed in Mexico. Actually, the, t- the attack came on August 20th of 1940, and he died on the 21st. And there was a Russian writer named Maxim Gorky who died in 1936. So you see these scratches off and you try to figure out where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty cool. It is. At the very end of Casino Royale, the big line, of course, we, we know in during the, 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 you could see where he introduces Vesper and Mathis in, in the book and so on, which you know we see in the movies as well. But the, the very end of the book in the manuscript and the end of the actual book is the same. And he says, this is 007 speaking. This is an open line. It's an emergency. Can you hear me? Pass this on at once. 3030 was a double working for Redland. Yes, I said was. The bitch is dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And Daniel Craig, I mean, that was a great moment in the film, too, in 2006. Yeah, it really was. Bitch is dead. Bitch is dead. Let's shift to the next book, The Undertaker's Wind. What? Well, that was the original title that Live and Let Die was going to have, at least the title that was on the manuscript we saw. Yes. I'm looking at a uh, photo we took of the manuscript, and Ian Fleming had written in The Undertaker's Wind. He scratches it out. And puts in live and let die <laughs> we could have been calling this the undertaker's win and the movie could have been called the undertaker's win but on this page he changes it well and it's not just on this page so if we look at a further page in oh yeah he's got a handwritten insert and this is one thing that i really liked is that some of these inserts he would actually write a lot of stuff on the side of the page before it yes and 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 just say insert whatever yeah right and don't go stirring up a lot of trouble for us. This case isn't ripe yet. Until it is, our policy with Mr. Big is live and let live. Bond looked quizzically at De- Dexter. In my job, he said, when I come up against a man like this one, I have another model. It's live and let die. This is cool because this is added to the story. And now it's a big part of this story it actually becomes the title this is the title now of the whole story and the subsequent movie and so i mean think about this you're sitting there in this in this reading room right and you're reading through these manuscripts and you're seeing these changes and it's like wow that makes a 
big difference. Yeah, this is one of those big difference ones. And this there's 134 pages in this typed manuscript that we're talking about, Live and Let Die. And, you know, of course, we're talking about Mr. Big here and everything else. But in this book, of course, Mr. Big is huge in bulk and weight and everything else. So he inserts here in the in the manuscript uh, on on page 11 what Mr. Big actually stands for. Yeah, so Big wasn't just that he was a big guy. It was actually an acronym for Bonaparte Ignace Gallia. Yeah, and in French, Ignace means fiery, and that really is the kind of character Mr. Mr. Big, Big is. is yeah, so absolutely. This is kind of a cool insight that's in the book as an insert wasn't in the original type stuff he's handwriting this stuff in so that's pretty cool and there's a lot of all all other stuff in there too that's that's kind of interesting of course there's a whole big description of solitaire and he he actually adds in her real name here in another edit by fleming at page 53 here at the top i will just tell you my real name she says to bond it's simone luttrell but you can call me what you like. So here it is as an edit. Boom. We know a little bit more about solitaire in this manuscript. Very cool. So we're going to move on now. Right, we then moved to the next book, Moonraker, which was written in 1955. Now this must have been an early draft because there's lots of inserts in this manuscript. The title page has lots of the the chapters were renamed, um, including the man with the o- the man with ogre's teeth was changed to the shiner, and we all remember the shiner as he as he um, as he as he sees how he's cheating at, at, at cards. But my favorite insert in all the manuscripts we looked at. I mean, I love some of these changes they were making. My my favorite one was there's this long handwritten insert that was just pasted on top of the original manuscript page. So we really couldn't see what it replaced. But why I love this is the paper that Ian Fleming had used had a letterhead that said, Congress of the United States, House of Representatives, Washington, D.C. This letterhead isn't in the book. It was just has to be the paper that he made this change on. I just thought that was just fabulous. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, it absolutely did. Now, the ending changes with a handwritten edition. She laughed. I'm sorry, I can't oblige, but there are plenty of others waiting to be picked. Yes, I suppose so, said Bond. Well, goodbye, Gala. He held out his hand. Goodbye, James. He touched her for the last time, and then they turned away from each other and walked off into their different lives. Yeah. So, again, this is one of the cases where things didn't work out exactly like in the movies for Bond with the Bond girl or whatever. She kind of walks away, he walks away, and that's the end of that. And I love this book. The book is actually exciting to read, even though in 1955 uh, is when it was written, and the movie comes out in 1979. We've already been to the moon. We've got uh, shuttles in, uh, in space. We've got uh, probes on Mars. we got things all over the place. So an actual launch of a missile in london is not so exciting so that changed the whole story for the movie but these are some cool things in the uh yeah i mean and if you can put yourself back into think about putting yourself back in the mindset of the people at the time that that book was written and that had to be pretty frightening i mean here they're gonna, oh yeah they're oh, gonna, at the time it was, it's an exciting read yeah really. it a- absolutely is it's a great read but yeah, you're sitting it's one of my like, favorite books wow you really could do the rocket that you would send at a major city 
Yeah, it was going to launch from London and come down and blow up London. And then, you know, in that, 1955, after World War II and all the V2 rockets that hit uh, England and stuff like that, it's pretty frightening. Yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's really, to me, it's unfortunate yeah. that it took so long to get the movie out of this because they had to make so many changes, including putting in all that stupid laser fighting stuff. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, they kept Drax and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but uh, everything else has substantially changed. All right, let's move on to the next uh, manuscript. All right, so let's move to 1956 and Diamonds Are Forever. I mean, and this is this is another one of those where it's a major rework with inserts and crossouts, especially in his discussion with Valance. But as an example of something I mentioned before, where it's like, why did he change these words? He's trying to describe a fake diamond that Bond is looking at, and he originally typed the word glass. He then hand wrote crystal, crossed it out, and changed it to quartz. So he had to change glass to quartz in the later pages as well. But why did he make that change? Why, when he's talking about this fake diamond, he calls it glass. Yeah. Then he changes it to to, to uh, crystal and ends up at quartz. It's like, but you're watching this process change and how important just a word is to Fleming. Yeah, and you'd think crystal looks more like a diamond than quartz. But, hey, who, who knows what he was thinking there? Uh, it, 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 again, it's it's interesting to see all the scratchings out and edits and stuff he makes and all the work that goes into what he did in the final product. Yeah, I mean, again, this was before word processing. Yeah. Right? So you had to do this stuff manually. Now, it kind of gets kind of interesting. In, in Chapter 13 in the book, there's an insert describing Bond's feelings about Negroes. And we're going to talk a little bit about more, more about race in some of the books um, when we talk about Dr. No. But it was an interesting passage here. But Fleming ends up scratching it out. It probably was a good thing he did. Yeah. So, and and we I've, we see this throughout some of these manuscripts where he's got a comment about race or something like that, and it ends up not making it in the final book. Right? Yeah, the, it, it gets softened up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, sometimes it doesn't disappear, but it gets softened up a lot. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember the times that he was writing this. 1956. This, this right? was so it, it's it's in it's kind of interesting. Now, the, the, the last thing I really wanted to talk about this book, one of the changes that he made, fairly minor characters in the book, but um, in the movie, they kind of beefed them up a little bit. Uh, in the movie, they were called Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. In the manuscript, it's actually Wint and Kid, but it originally was Wint and Gore. So another name change, don't know why he did it, but an another name change uh, where the name is scratched out from Gore to Kid. Yeah, and, and then the last thing really, really is Tiffany Case. I mean, she's in the hero, and Bond developed some kind of relationship there. I mean, they it was going to be, as we find out in From Russia with Love, the oh, manuscript. Yeah, yeah, because she was... Yeah, because she was, you know, yeah. there was, there was a love interest that was going to kind of be a, a bond for him. And uh, another instance, as we'll see in The Manuscript from Russia with Love, where it didn't work out exactly like Bond would have hoped. Absolutely. So let's move on. All right. And now we're going to From Russia with Love, published in 1957. From Russia with Love, we're just going to look at a couple of things that we think are kind of interesting in the manuscript. The first thing here is that the Soviets agree here in this manuscript that an act of terrorism against the British Secret Service would be their next move. Now, 
in the order of the manuscripts, Bond had given them a lot of trouble in Casino Royale with Le Chiffre and in Live and Let Die with Mr. Big, and they wanted to get even. So they know Bond screwed them up in these big ventures, and they want to kill them. And that's the goal here in From Russia with Love. So that's the one big deal that comes out of here. And, of course, in the book, he has a scar, but the scar is on his cheek, and the movies, they move it to his back and so on. So and that's stuff you could read in the book, but it's cool. But then I, I read this section here on, on um, page 44, 54 of the manuscript here about Biela Kleb. And, wait, wait, and wait, wait, that, wait. What? Biela Kleb? Yeah, Biela Kleb. Who's Biela Kleb? You, you know Biela Kleb. I don't know Je- Biela Kleb. Oh, wait, no, he scratched out Biela. And he, he changes it to Rosa? Yeah, right there. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I mean, everybody yeah, knows Rosa Clip. So this is another cool thing where, okay, one little scratch out, and then, of course, he has to scratch it out everywhere else, too. So that that was that was pretty neat. But another, the big thing here, like we just talked about in Diamonds Are Forever, Bond really is in a funk here about Tiffany Case. This was his love of a few months ago in this the previous story, Diamonds Are Forever. They got on doing very well. M-, M asks him to explain why he's in this funk and Bond tells him there was some oh my, idea we might get married. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is, this is, uh, from Russia with love, 1957 Bond might be getting married. And, and then, and then we get, then we get to actually see what M thought about all this. Yeah. But then Bond explains, Hey, she, she, she met some uh, American on the military attache staff and they both went to America Fleming writes in the next margin at the top that M was secretly pleased and the last thing he would want is, quote, for Bond to be permanently tied to one woman's skirt. (laughs) Unquote. Unquote. And this is in the final print version of the book. So again, here's a a major insight into how M thinks. You know, M's thinking selfishly here. It's like, last thing we want is that. And because he's, we, we like guys who are probably not married, have no parents, they're you know, orphan, whatever. You know how we they talk about in the movies sometimes. So here it is in, in the in the manuscript. That was pretty cool. That wraps up part one of our Ian Fleming manuscript trip. Look for part two. And speaking of trips, we'll be going with Matt Sherman on a Bond cruise in October 2020, heading to some great Bond filming locations in the Caribbean. We'll actually be doing a presentation to the group, too. It's going to be great fun. See our website under Tours for more information. Thanks for listening. This is Tom Pizzotto. And Dan Silvestri. From SpyMovieNavigator.com, the worldwide community of spy movie fans. Spy movie podcasts, videos, discussions, and more. If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and in Google Play. That helps us a lot. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and on Instagram, too. When you have feedback, an idea for a podcast, or just something you want to say, click the red button on our website that says send us a voicemail, and we may include it in our show.